Hey, man, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl. Howdy, my rowdies, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl, man. Happy Friday to all my gals and girls out there. The folks been sticking with me the whole time. You guys are incredible. Appreciate it. This is your first time joining the Badum Ching. I welcome you. I am CR3. I am a drummer. I am a comedian. I'm all that stuff. And I'm your podcast host for the evening. <laughs> How y'all doing out there, man? Hmm? Hanging out? I hung out, man. I had, I had a good time yesterday with uh, this guest, this week's guest. We did this podcast, uh, another open air podcast at... Uh, village pub and yesterday happened to have been uh, my birthday and once uh, will got wind of that well you know where there's a will there's a way i guess and uh, we proceeded to have too much fun so appreciate will for that (laughs) oh man uh yeah feeling all that today you know but i'm cool i had fun i'm old now old as hell as they say and uh yeah that's fine I'm, I'm I'm okay with it, if you are. Is that okay? Okay, cool. All right, man. Well, I ain't got much news this week, so let's just jump right into it. My guest, obviously, this week is Will Abels. Uh, Will uh, came from uh, other places like New York, uh, Maryland, uh, all that stuff. But now he's in Nashville. He moved here in, like, January, I think. And uh, he's a new friend of mine. And getting to know Will's been cool, man. And... Uh, what follows is a fun conversation between uh, two new friends. So I think you'll enjoy it. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my pal, Will Abels. My, uh, I, don't know, I, I give my, uh, I give my, uh, my dad shit, but he's 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 a good dad. He uh, every year he makes sure that we do a family vacation. He makes sure that we all get together and we do this family vacation. And uh, last year, uh, it was me and my three other siblings, and we went uh, camping in Moab, Utah in August. You guys know where Moab, Utah is? It's the middle of the fucking desert. (laughs) We went to the desert in August because I don't think my dad knows how the earth works. I don't know. (laughs) And the four of us, it was was glamping. It wasn't camping, it was glamping. Uh, But it wasn't like that great. There was no AC or anything like that, which is like, if there's no AC, is it glamping? You know what I mean? You guys get it. All right. (laughs) So the four of us had to share... Uh, a, a tent together, right? And we're all sitting there trying to figure out how we can keep ourselves cool, you know? Because it does eventually cool off at night, but not until like 3 a.m. And so what the camp does is they give you uh, these little misters, these little misters that uh, come down, they try and keep the tent cool, and they turn off at 10 p.m., and then you just have to figure out how to stay cool. And so they give you uh, a wet washcloth and a little mini fan to just kind of hopefully quell the next five hours of unimaginable heat. And so... Uh, so we're all trying to figure it out, and uh, my brother, the wildlife scientist, Charlie, uh, he was like, uh, you know, if we uh, circumvent the fans, and we were like, you know what, Charlie, honestly, the best part of this vacation was when you weren't on it, you know, like, oh, <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, we're not doing that. Uh, my sister, Maddie, she's, oh, she's so good at dealing with stress, uh, she just laid it into the bed, melting into it, just every once in a while, you just hear her whisper, this could have been the Bahamas, like, she really handled it, she handled it well, she did a good job. 
So then it gets down to me, and I'm thinking, like, I could probably figure this out. I'm a pretty smart guy. So I take the wet washcloth, and I put it on my stomach, and then I'm like, well, yeah, but if I'm, my, if I'm on my back, I might snore, and I don't want to wake my siblings up. So I go on the side, and I have the fan down there, and I'm like, yeah, but if I'm on the side, I'm going to go to the other side. I'm going to have to keep moving this all night. And as I'm trying to figure that out, all of a sudden, I start hearing snoring, and I look over, and Kevin is face down. He is completely naked. He has the wet washcloth on his lower back, and then he has the fan propped between his legs, and it's blowing straight across his asshole. <laughs> and he slept for nine straight hours. <laughs> I can't tell if he is the smartest or the dumbest. I really have uh, yet to figure it out. <laughs> He's at Penn State now. That's going to be a good, uh, good place for him and that ass. That's going to be good. <laughs> All right, Will Abel's laid on me. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How are you? Good. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, in the beautiful pub. Uh, yeah. In this, in this heat of the uh, August sun. This is great, right? I know. I know. I'm, I was just saying I'm happy to the uh, humidity's finally broken for a couple of days so I can not shower three times a day. <laughs> I only shower three times a week. It's yeah, <laughs> fine. Yeah. Oh, man. We're, we're here at this famous bush, too. Like Me and Josh Lewis sat at this bush. Me and Mike Pablo sat by this bush. And... Uh, this bush, bush could talk, I tell you. Yeah, it's you good know. stories. Yeah, <laughs> hasn't been trimmed in years. You know. <laughs> oh, and there's a bush, <laughs> not my bush. <laughs> I'm rambling. So, buddy, uh, you just got off the road, right? Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, food oh. delivery. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, yeah. <laughs> oh, that hurt. <laughs> I did find it. Yeah, so I've been driving for DoorDash. It's going okay. It's fine. I mean, it's you know. It's uh, it's money that I need to support the rest of it, you know. So yeah, it, so it works out. Do, do people like uh, are they pretty gracious about getting their food or uh, they jerks about it? So it's kind of funny. So the way they set DoorDash up is uh, you don't have to tip, and so they tell you beforehand if they're tipping or not. So I just ignore those people and I don't pick up their orders. Oh, oh, that's because I'm, I'm like on, I'm not on the company's drive part. Seven miles to get three dollars, like it's insane. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty picky and choosy, but they have these rating systems. So I have like a great five star rating. Uh, yeah. Most of my customers are pretty happy, uh, but I have a very low rating for actually picking up deliveries because I wait for so many until I get one. It's like <laughs> oh, worth okay. actually doing. Yeah. Well, that makes sense though. It's like, why would you want to cater to somebody that doesn't care? Yeah, or just like you know, just abolish the whole tip thing and just pay us like. You know, flat fee. That's the thing is like, you know, sometimes you can make $25, $30 an hour and you're like, oh, that's good. Yeah. But then sometimes you make 15 So it's like, you know, do you want to just have 15 an hour base pay or do you want to like kind of gamble and see if you can still get the 20 30 40 Yeah. You know. But it's wild too. A bunch of car smells like food all the time. Yeah. So what I do at the end of the day is I uh, put all my windows down and I air the car out on my last drive back. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I like, it's, it's. Uh, it's not too bad. Like, Chick-fil-A is not too bad, but, like, five guys will, like, stink up the car for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then it smells like french fries for you a while. Th- you ever thought about just, like, keeping the food? <laughs> uh, I've contemplated it several times. There's been a few more. Actually, one time this, this woman was up in uh, uh, Goodlettsville. Yeah. Is that right? Um, That's right. 
and they like gave me the wrong address. So I went downtown, and I just had two smoothies for her. And I call her, and I'm like just like in a parking lot downtown randomly. And I was like, uh, where, where, where do I go? Like, are you in a hotel? And she was like, oh no, here's the address. Send it. It's in Goodlettsville, which is like 17 miles away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm downtown Nashville. Like, I, I don't know if I can get to you in the next 40 minutes. And she's like, you know what? Just keep them. Oh. Keep your tip. We'll just we'll figure it out. Wow. Okay. So. Well, that works out. That's how I got paid, and I got two smoothies. Word. Yeah, and I drank both of them. I was going to give one to a homeless guy. I was like, all right, I'm going to give this to a homeless guy. <laughs> Didn't see a homeless guy. Then they started melting, and I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to drink them. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you just drank it in front of one. Dude. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like actively going to the spots where I knew homeless people hung out on the corner and asked for money like when you're driving. Sure. And they weren't there. <laughs> well, they had the day off. <laughs> I, I mean, all the times. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it's a DoorDash thing for homeless people, too. They, they know which corners are. Or, or they're just driving for DoorDash, and that was like their time uh, to drive for DoorDash. Yeah. DoorDash, homeless person, same, same oh. thing. Sometimes <laughs> I'm not convinced some of the homeless people are actually homeless, you know. Oh, you don't think so? You know, Sometimes I'm like, oh, what, you wearing Jordans? Okay. Yeah, they're wearing better clothes than I am. <laughs> yeah, you know right, what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, yeah. I get why people think I'm homeless. You know, yeah. it's like, but. Really, if I was homeless, I'd have better clothes than this. I think. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And yeah. you're working tax free. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, they got their half the time. If you look, they got their car parked next to them too, oh, yeah. and it's nicer than my car. Yeah, I'm not crapping on the homeless. I'm just saying they got a good thing going. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they're up to something. <laughs> they're up to something. There was, Those homeless are up to something. <laughs> there, there was a guy in D.C. Um, so when I was growing up in Maryland, we uh, we would do like a uh, like in fifth grade, you would do a trip down to D.C. Yeah, right. A field trip, and there was this homeless guy that would, well, quote unquote homeless guy, but he would just play uh, a bucket, like play the drums oh, on yeah. a bucket. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Made thirty thousand dollars a year just doing that. Yeah, like uh, one of the parents was talking to him for a while, and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, I mean, people think I'm homeless." He's like, "What am I making thirty thousand dollars a year?" He's like, "I'm fine." Yeah, he's like, "It's all tax free. It's just cash." He's like, and that's on top of like whatever job he had." That's more than the drummer from uh, Three Doors Down ever made. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like this guy's just <laughs> he just works Three plastic. Doors Down. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's big in New Orleans too, you know, like uh, beating the. Yeah, what do they call that? Busing? I guess. Something like that. Busking? Yeah, well, busking. Okay. Yeah, busking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's kids down there doing it, you know, and I'm yeah. sure they're making more money than the parents. You yeah, know what I mean? for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like the. Um, back in New York, we had the uh, Showtime Showtime kids. They used to jump on the trains and flip and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Over in Memphis, they, that's where the flippers are. Okay. Yeah, man, doing like. 20 somersaults you know it's crazy is there a train system in Memphis like, uh, like public transit yeah no uh, but there is an Amtrak okay so doing it on the Amtrak no oh, no, okay, no, okay, no, okay. no 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 they're doing it down on uh, Bill Street that'd be wild <laughs> <laughs> like they pay money to get on the, yeah, right, like, the rails and they <laughs> but they make they make it back like immediately just from slipping down <laughs> they, they yeah they take the train down to New Orleans and fly back home yeah you know, with the money they made have you ever um, have you ever taken Amtrak yeah, several times. Uh, mainly, it's the City of New Orleans train, which uh, Arlo Guthrie sang about. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's Arlo Guthrie's song, but he made it popular. You know, the, good morning, America. Yeah. yeah. It's the City of New Orleans, and that train still goes uh, from Chicago down to down to NOLA, and it stops in Memphis, too. Oh, okay. So I'd always, uh, I, I grew up in Arkansas, so... Uh, when I lived in Arkansas, I would take the train from Memphis down to New Orleans. Oh, cool. And man, that's a trip, dude. Yeah. Like, it's so fun. And uh, I don't know if you've ever ridden Amtrak. Oh, yeah. Then I've gone across the country on Amtrak. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then you know, they let yeah. you bring beer on there. And oh, well, I was 16. Oh, uh, maybe 18. Okay. But yeah, so I didn't get that experience. Oh, but okay. When I was coming, uh, I used to take the Amtrak from Boston back home to Maryland. And I think 
by the time I was finally 21, at that point I was flying, so I wasn't, I never got to experience drinking huh. beer on an Amtrak. Oh, okay. But that would make, that would have made that trip much more It's so fun. fun. It's so fun, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I miss it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, I, I, if I, I'm threatening to drive to Memphis and take a train to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, that's how much fun it is, you know. And not even stay in New Orleans, just take the Amtrak back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to, to take it up to Chicago, too. That'd be fun. Yeah. You know? Uh, or actually fly to Chicago. Catch then a take Cubs it all the way down. Then take it all the way down. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I think so. Let's, Let's do that. Up. Yeah. Let's do that. And you can, like, stop off, do some shows. You know, you work for Train Dash. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think like the worst delivery system of all time. You will get this McDonald's, but we don't own the tracks, so it might be free to six days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you're giving them freight charges. You know, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and also we're it's not even a burger; it's just a whole cow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, by the time they get there, it'll be a, it'll be a burger. Yeah, it starts out as a cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. waste away. Whether it wants to be a burger or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, we took. Uh, I did this. There was this uh, Boy Scout camp in New Mexico called uh, Philmont. It's mm-hmm. a, yeah, it's just like this big scout ranch, and you hike for like twelve or fourteen days. I forget the actual number, but we had to take a train from Martinsburg, West Virginia, uh, stopped in Chicago, and then went from Chicago all the way down to Mexico. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, sleeping wise, it was a nightmare, but it was pretty cool watching like the country change the whole way through. You know. Oh wow, man. And yeah. You said sixteen, right? As maybe I might I might have been eighteen, but I'm pretty sure I was sixteen. You're old enough to smoke. <laughs> Man, we had these <laughs> yeah, yeah. camel ice the whole time, dog. <laughs> grizzled old guy on the train. Like I'm the grizzled old guy compared to like the fourteen year olds that were yeah. on the train with yeah, us. Yeah. yeah. You get off, you sound like Dr. John. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. like dad's he's like, What are you doing? <laughs> got them sleeves rolled up, you know, like a fifties. Yeah, yeah, got tucked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, tucked in the sleeve yeah. there, you know. Telling kids to uh, stay in school. I don't know. <laughs> don't smoke kids and don't ride, don't ride Amtrak don't yeah. work for DoorDash or Train Dash yeah. or Train Dash it's a racket yeah well you yeah. you were on the road also too right I you, was you also on the comedy. road yeah yeah yeah, yeah there's, there's one way of saying I'm on the road and it feels good and there's one way of saying I'm on the road and it <laughs> we feels started bad with the bad. we started with the bad yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so I uh, was traveling most of May um, so I also like I also on top of comedy I dabble in TV production uh, which used to be like the only thing I did. Well, kind of a, it was a thing. Like, went to school, studied TV production. Mm-hmm. Also started doing stand up. Got out of school, moved to New York. Then was doing both the best I could, but I was a little bit like more into stand up. Then TV kind of took off. Got out of stand up. TV kind of slowed down. Got back into stand up. And uh, now I just do it for like a little extra cash from from time to time. Um, so in May I left to work on the Miss Universe pageant in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, boohoo! Yeah, I know. It, was <laughs> tough. it was just and we all yeah, it was just so tough being surrounded by seventy most attractive women in the entire uh, world, literally the world. Uh, and it was very nice. It was real nice, and it's kind of cool because the I know it's a pageant, but what they don't amplify is like almost each one of these ladies speaks four languages. They're all like accomplished doctors and lawyers. Oh yeah, and like I and mean, they're incredibly. It's like, it's. it's not what you know. People, no, no, it's not like, like a legal adage. blonde. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that is more so here in like the American pageant for sure. But like these, I mean, it was just incredible. Like you were talking to me, like uh, I, I barely speak English, and I, you know, I'm an American. <laughs> yeah. I, I barely, yeah, speak English real good. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I did that, then I jumped off of that, went on a tour through North Carolina and Atlanta, and then over to Knoxville and everything. Came back, did a couple weeks here, then I went to San Diego. 
and then Tucson, and then I've been back since pretty much. But I've been doing like some weekend spots, like Atlanta and uh, Indianapolis. That's a totally different way to see the country. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, mean I, I prefer it. You know, like I used to travel a lot with my ex girlfriend, but this is to me a little bit more preferable because I feel like I'm working. Yeah. You know? I am to a degree. <laughs> Man, that, that, that does sound painful though to travel around with, with your ex girlfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I keep telling her she's got to get out. Of, she got to get out of the back seat. I was like, <laughs> I'm just not an Uber. <laughs> no more free rides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't even bring any food with. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even covering gas. Uh, but yeah, so then next week I'm heading to uh, Kansas City and Denver. <laughs> oh yeah. Two dogs just five action dogs. Uh, Kansas City and then Denver, and then in September. <laughs> I can't announce where we're going yet, but I am going on the road with Drew Harrison. Okay. Uh, so that'll be a good time. Fun. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're doing, like, the South again, but some of the specific spots I can't announce because we have to wait till a certain date. And, okay. Yeah. Big mystery. Big mystery for uh, wildly popular comedians, Drew Harrison and Will Ables. <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny. Like, Drew's going to be uh, an upcoming guest on this thing. Oh, Drew's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's uh, it's funny because we met here. Um, but we have a ton of mutual friends just from doing the road and everything. Oh, okay. So it's been, yeah, it was nice. He was one of the first people I met when I got here, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that kind of worked out. Very cool. Yeah. Well, all right, man, since uh kind of gave you a little insight on, on what this is, uh, I'd be curious to know, and please let the people know, like, how the heck did uh, Will Abel's even get into stand-up at all, man? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so I actually, I did it one time in eighth grade um, okay. at a talent show. But I didn't do original jokes. Well, I had one original joke, and it was, how did the, uh, how did the frog die? Mm. Croaked. Uh, yes. And I was like, I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. 14-year-old Will was like, They're not going to see this coming. Yeah, I was like, it was great. But, uh, <laughs> so I did it once for a talent show, but I actually just stole jokes from uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Sinbad. Oh, which perfect. if there was a tape of this, I, I would love to have it. Oh, for sure! What a combination! Yeah, <laughs> I can see you up there wearing a tracksuit. I think I was wearing a blazer. I think I did wear a blazer, and like I, uh, like I wore like a blazer, like a shiny Nike shirt, and like jeans. Oh, it's, it's, so it's kind of like half Seinfeld. Half yeah, yeah. Like I actually did try and do the whole thing. Um, so I did that one time. I would, you know, I acted in high school, and I. Uh, uh, did a couple of like I would host some talent shows like I never really did stand up after that but I did host some things then I got to college and I went to Emerson College which already had a history of stand up comedy um, okay. Dennis Leary went there Eddie Burrell who used to be the booker for Letterman the opener he went there uh, Jay Leno went there um, Stephen Wright just like a ton of dudes and it's also Boston so they just have their own history with, with stand up comedy yeah sure uh, so I was with my then roommate who was this Jamaican guy named Blaze Perfect. birth name was Blaze yeah uh, and we're walking by a flyer, and it just says, "Do you want to try stand-up comedy?" And my nickname back then was McLovin because the uh, <laughs> yeah that movie that movie had just come out, it's super popular, and just one of those things just stuck. Like I kind of sound like him. I get it. Uh, so Blazing Soda is like, "Yo, McLovin, you got to do stand-up comedy." And then he dropped out of school two weeks later. But I already signed up for the open mics. <laughs> ah, Blaze. <laughs> so so uh, I, I classic Blaze. Yeah, it's just, it, kind of actually. <laughs> we, we, we're still friends. Um, uh, we've been friends for years and years and years. But it is the kind of thing that he'll just kind of pop in and out of my life and then just just disappear and go do something else. Mm-hmm. But he's a great uh, music producer. Uh, he's, down, he's actually back in Jamaica, but he's doing pretty well. He is nice. doing well. Uh, Blaze, Shout out to Blaze. Miss you, Blaze. <laughs> uh, so. I do my first ever open mic, and I wrote what I thought was stand-up comedy jokes. Okay. Right? Like, this is like, oh, this is how this is supposed to sound. And there's a lot of open mic comics here that I think that's their mentality, you know? 
Uh, so I tried that out and just bombed. And it was just awful. And I was like, what is it? So I started telling um, a story that was the most popular story I was telling all my friends at the time. It's not a story I'm ever going to repeat. <laughs> it, it holds up when you're 19. does not hold up <laughs> at 32. But tell the story, and I got like an applause break, and people like were losing their minds about oh, wow. this. And I was like, oh, I should just tell stories. So I took like four months off, tried it one more time, did four stories in my seven minutes, and it went great. And then I just kind of caught the bug from there. So I was doing it very casually, but only in school at the time. I didn't really explore Boston much. Finally graduated. And then I started hitting up the clubs, like the uh, comedy studio and Nick's and all that kind of stuff. It's doing pretty well. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time to go to New York. In hindsight, I wish I'd stayed in Boston for like two or three years and gotten a little bit better. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But, you know, uh, I was also at the mentality of like, I'm trying to get a job in TV production and I couldn't really do that in Boston. So there was two factors for going down there. One, I was like, oh, I'm going to be fine in comedy. Got there. New York just immediately kicked my ass, <laughs> which it does to everybody, you know. But, uh, yeah, so then started doing... Uh, shows more regularly at the stands in New York. Uh, I was starting to do all right. Um, starting to talk to some people and get my name out there. And thought things were starting to kind of move. And then I got hired uh, by the Sound of Music, uh, that NBC show with uh, Carrie Underwood. Oh, and wow. that was sort of the beginning of the end for about two years of comedy for me because I was just so busy doing TV production stuff yeah, all sure. the time. And then eventually that dried up. And I was like, you know what? I just want to be doing stand-up anyway. So about six years ago, I just kind of jumped all in with stand-up. And in, in New York? In New York, yeah. And I started doing the road a little bit more. Um, a guy named Alex Grubard sort of taking me around. And then through Alex and festivals and stuff, I made my own connections. And so, you know, between the restaurant, I became Brooklyn's number one dog walker for a little while. That was, uh, nice. that was, a, that was a great time. <laughs> and uh, between those two things and stand-up, yeah, that's just kind of what I was doing for a bit. Blaze showed up back in your life. He's like, hey, man, I got a thing for you. Bla- you ever heard of dog walking? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, no, my, uh, my ex and her sister got drunk one day and signed me up for Rover. And uh, next thing I know, I'm just walking dogs for Rover. And I, like, I, there's this woman on it that her, she was the number one dog sitter in Brooklyn, in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg. Okay. And her catchphrase was like dogs get me sorry it was like uh, I understand dogs and they know that and I was like who is this pompous you know so I just I had this vendetta I was like I'm gonna knock her off the number one spot and within like six weeks I was the number one dog sitter oh wow it was just like this is not really the accolade I expected when I left college a couple years ago but sure got there but it proves you set your mind to it you know I know and that's what I get mad about myself with I'm like what if I just put my mind to literally anything else (laughs) I get it man I I totally understand like wanting to be uh, the best at something just to knock that person off their pedestal. Yeah, you know? and then I and then, and then I got I got a little bit too good at it, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's so, what you said on your rover. Said I'm too good. I'm actually too good. Now mine was uh, dogs. Am I right? That was my catchphrase. I, yeah, that's all it took. People you were know? like, "This guy seems cool." This guy seems let me ask you. Um, for you, you mentioned this uh, when you moved to New York and immediately get your ass. Uh, what did it take for you to feel like we're uh, moving forward in, in well, so, on the scene? Yeah, um, I mean, I was, I was talking to. Uh, I mentioned Eddie Brill earlier. Eddie and I had actually been talking around like the time I was like 23, 24 years old, uh, and we were going over my set and trying to sort of work towards getting me on Letterman. Okay. Uh, and so that was like that's smart, I, dude, because you're working clean, you know, yeah, and, like yeah, marketable. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and I was young. I mean, that was a big thing. It was like I was just young. I'm like not back then. It was, you know, 
it was like Gary Goldman was doing Letterman pretty consistently and like guys like that. Um, so they were just, you know, older, you know, and I was like the young guy trying to trying to make my way in. Sure. Um, so to me, that was progress. Uh, some of the work I was doing at the stand was progress. But when I got out, that was when comedy took a hard shift because social media really blew up. Um, so Instagram became way more popular than it was when I, like, my first couple years in New York. Uh, Twitter just absolutely exploded. So when I got back into back into comedy, what bookers and whoever were looking for was completely different. So yeah. I, when I came back, I didn't feel like I was coming back um, at like zero and trying to build up. I felt like I was coming back at like negative a thousand and oh, trying wow. to build up. You know, because I just didn't know what was happening anymore with comedy. A lot of people that had just started when I first got there. They were now like kind of getting their chops going, and they were like, you know, starting to get some heat about them. So I, yeah, it was it was it was a it was a big shift, and it still exists now, you know. Um, mm. But that was like the very beginnings of it. So then I have I had no measurement of what success was. Like at least before, I could be like, okay, I'm talking to Letterman, I'm doing the club regularly. That's like that's success to me, you know. Sure. Now I don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you sort of know what it is when, but you know, yeah. Is it uh? uh I've heard this from other people. I think uh, Donnie mentioned this when he was living in New York. How like it's very uh, neighborhood based. Like you can just play yeah, yeah. your neighborhood, and that's your circuit. You like I, mean? I only ever did one show in Harlem. Um, not that I didn't try, but yeah, you you pretty much just stay. Well, that's not. I mean, that is true. I mean, you can one hundred percent do that. Um, I tried to branch out to different scenes. Okay, but it is yeah. There was a thing of like. Even within Brooklyn, there were different Brooklyn scenes. You know, <laughs> like there was South Brooklyn, there was Williamsburg, there was Bushwick. Yeah. And then uh, Manhattan had a couple of different things going on. And then within that, you had the clubs that you could do, or you could do the independent rooms. But it's very easy for you to not know anybody. Yeah. Just yeah. From uh, outside of that. My friend uh, Gracie was just in town. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about certain comics. Gracie Canaan, yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about certain comics, just I was like, well, you know so-and-so. And she's like, no, I've never met them. And I was like, you've never met them? <laughs> and there was just kind of this funny thing, because she's a pretty popular comic. She's doing really well. And I was just kind of shocked that there were some comics she didn't know that I did. And I was like, oh, really? Because I thought they were like a New York staple, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I was shocked because in, in respect to the person, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, that New York New York is a very funny scene like that where you can just be doing it forever and never meet. And it's all the same city. Yeah, you know? man. Uh... Did you ever go see a tail? Uh, no, I didn't. I the only people I saw at the uh, at the cellar saw John Mulaney, and I was oh god, I was front row on a date, and I was like maybe twenty four, so I was still pretty young. <laughs> yeah. um, and the two things went on in my brain when like so this is back before John Mulaney. John Mulaney was just writing at the time, so no one knew him as a stand up comedian. They knew him as a writer for SNL. Yeah. Uh, and I remember he got on stage. I immediately was like connected to that guy. I was like, oh, I love what he's talking about with his parents. Like it was very similar to what I was talking about. I was like, I love this dude. But I remember sitting in the front row on this date, and I was like, please God, don't ask me what I do. Because <laughs> like I didn't want to. Because like, but the other part of me was like, please God, also ask me what I do. You know, because like, you're at the cellar. It's you know, and you're kind of like, I do want you to know I'm a comic. But hey, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at the whole outcome of it, didn't ask me. Um, but I saw him. See Gary Goldman from time to time. Uh, no, I never saw a tell. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I never saw him. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Does he ever come through Nashville? Yeah, man. I saw him uh, speaking of front row. I, it's, I sat front row. He did two shows here at Zany's uh, on my 40th birthday. And uh, 
So I, I bought tickets for me and a buddy, and we went to both. And uh, since they kind of knew me there, they put me like great seats up front, you know. Right. And of course, I get roasted, you know, for the way I look, you know, which is great, you yeah, know. Yeah. And like, he ended up fist bumping me. He's like, this guy knows what I'm talking about, you know. And like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, you know, and like hanging out after, and like, I didn't want to tell him, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I do stand up, you know, but like, uh, he's like, hey man, why are you on the front row? You depressed or something? <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, it's just my birthday. Yeah. You know, but like later on, uh, uh, friends of mine, uh, actually Chad Ryden said, no, you should have told him you do stand up. He loves comics and like, you know. Yeah, he does give me that impression that he's. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I didn't know, you know. Yeah. I hate to be like, so, you know, or like whatever, right, you right. know. Like, well, I've never heard that before, you know. Well, there is, there is an older generation of comics that like they actually still do love meeting yeah. new young comics. You I know? heard that about uh, Bob Saget too. Said, uh, oh, really? He's funny. just like really. He wants to chill talk to and, and talk yeah. to the comics. You know? Yeah. Uh, same with, uh, oh man, I should, shouldn't have spoke too soon. Uh, the guy that was on SNL, uh, he's in Weeds. Uh, he used to do Weekend Update in the 90s. He used to do Weekend Before Up? Norm. Before? Uh, Colin uh, Quinn? Before that. <laughs> Before that. Uh, he was also on that show, Weeds. Not Chevy. Was Chevy chasing? <laughs> That's the 70s. No, it's a little bit in between. between? Oh, anyway. Oh, uh, oh God! Yeah, I know. And say I'm gonna kick myself for not. Yeah, I know. We're both gonna remember it as soon as we stop I know. talking. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking uh, about editing this part out, but I'm not. No. No. Now we have to show how dumb we are. Yeah. Oh my God! What's his name? Because yeah, didn't he end up being kind of like a nut job? I bet Seth will tell us. Yeah, Seth's coming. He's over asking. Seth Pomeroy, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, from comedy. <laughs> from comedy. Hey, hey Seth. SNL weekend update. He was in, he was in Weeds. What's his name? He was in Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I wasn't thinking. Of... <laughs> they're like big stupid dummies. <laughs> yeah, Kevin yeah. Nealon. Kevin I, was, I wasn't thinking of Kevin Nealon, so oh. I would have been off no matter what. Yeah. Well, oh, anyway. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Seth Pomeroy. Yeah. Uh, but Kevin Nealon, I hear, is great. Yeah. Loves comics. Loves talking about comics. Yeah. And the whole deal. So I like that. I like hearing that, that kind of stuff. You know. Because it's always the worst when, like, you look up to somebody. And they find out they're just, like, terrible to hang out with. Just worst stories, you know. It's like, oh, I hate hearing it. That was, like, with everything that came out about Ellen. Like, I worked with her once. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have any bad interactions with her, honestly. But you could see, like, how, I wouldn't say serious. I'm going to use the word serious, I guess. But when everything came out, I was like, yeah, I could kind of see that translating into (laughs) being a little bit meaner, you know. Uh, yeah, there are. I, I took one comedy class once in New York, and I, I don't remember the comic's name, but he was one of those guys. Like, came up through um, the comedy store back in the '70s, and you know, just had been around forever. Like, and he could tell you a story about Ron Williams, could tell you a story about anybody, right? Yeah, sure. And the class was completely useless. <laughs> I got absolutely nothing out of the class. It was a writing class, and we never we wrote like one thing the whole time, and it was basically him just telling stories. So, from a writing standpoint, completely useless. But from just listen to an older comic talk about like the 70s and 80s and, and stand-up comedy amazing you know oh yeah for sure. so yeah I, I always appreciated that part but I, you know I would pay the same amount just to hear him just tell those stories you know yeah for sure yeah. yeah yeah so you got New York where do you go from there actually no before you leave New York uh, talk about working with on Letterman oh Letterman okay yeah if you want yeah yeah of course uh, yeah so that was a thing that one of, the, one of my first TV jobs. So I got down to New York and... A bird. Oh, in the bush. Bird in the bush. Bird in the bush. Uh, so I'm in Boston trying to figure out how to get a job in New York. A buddy of mine sets me up at a camera rental house. Uh, it was 
pretty fun. Not quite what I want to be doing, but it was supposed to be a lot of networking. And then my, I had someone else from school that was like, I can get you a job paging at, at Letterman. And I was only holding off on it because uh, my family's a big Leno household. Oh. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were, oh, I thought we were getting, no, no, no. Actually, getting I think my, juicy over I think my here. my dad does like Leno more than Letterman, but, <laughs> but that's just, yeah, whatever. Um, so I was just kind of holding off on taking that job because I was like, I don't know, it, it was basically an internship. Like, it's paid, but you're only working 20 hours a week, so you can't support yourself off oh, in New York. tell people what a page is. So a page, uh, we're, we're basically audience coordinators. Uh, if you ever watch 30 Rock, Kenneth the Page, <laughs> that's not what we did. Uh, that's what everyone thought we did. The NBC and the CBS pages are very different from what we did because we were hired by Letterman. So we were underneath the Worldwide Pants Corporation. Uh, so we weren't being paid by CBS, we were being paid by Dave's company. Okay. So we had our own thing that we were doing. And uh, basically we just would talk to the audience, get them pumped up before the show, and bring them in, and then just kind of monitor them if they got too rowdy, kick people out. And because I was, uh, my boss knew I was a comedian, I would always have to get the drunk rowdy people. Oh, great. And deal with them. And I had a few times where it got a little little much, but... Uh, but that's, yeah. good. that's a good way to like... Oh, it was great for stand-up. Do that muscle. Yeah, 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 build yeah. that muscle. It, yeah, yeah and it was at the time like I didn't realize how good it was for me because I would get off that job, go do stand up, and I was already like, you know, hey pal, yeah, ready to go, <laughs> ready to go. Um, so I did that, uh, and then I also at the same time was working at a gay sports bar. So I would have Letterman from like ten to you know six, and then I'd be at a gay sports bar from six p.m. until four a.m. And uh, yeah, and then I would sleep on sleep on like a Friday. Because <laughs> like, I was young enough that I could like get away with just not sleeping, you know. You have that great story on, on stage too. To yeah, tell about that. That's a true story. That's uh, very good. Yeah, but my, they thought you were gay, right? They're like that's oh. why they hired you, and then oh, that part, that that part actually is based in truth. That's what I'm saying. Like um, I, I figured that that nugget. Of, yeah, and the story was, was true. There was this weird thing where the owners are kind of scummy, and they would only keep busboys around if they hooked up with the owners. Oh, wow. And so after like four months, everyone loved me. I had a, I had a team of regulars that just loved me. Like they, would, they were older guys. Mm-hmm. They would get in between like 4 and 6 p.m. They would like kind of hang out the happy hour before it like really kicked up and became like more like a club. Um, and they like one dude would bring me a sandwich every day. Well, how sweet is that? Yeah, it was the nicest thing. And then when I got fired, they were like, oh, yeah, you're seasonal. And I was like, oh, I'm not seasonal. I'm full time. And <laughs> they were like, no, no, you're seasonal. And someone was like, listen, this is kind of what happens with our busboys. Like, if you don't hook up the owners, you get hired. And I was like, well, that's not fair. Like, that's not even something that's in my wheelhouse. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so um, I, get, I get let go. I come back two weeks later to get my last paycheck or whatever. And all the regulars are sitting there. And they're like, Will, we heard you quit. And I was like, and I, was like I didn't quit. I got fired. And right then the GM walks in. And the GM was actually great. Um, it wasn't his fault. It was the owners. But the GM walks in. And... Everyone just riots. Like, they just lost their minds. They're like, well, your daughter's well quit. And you're, we're finding out you fired him. He's like, your best employee. And I was like, I'm a busboy. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm getting this kind of respect. I was like, I was, I was, I just stood there and watched the whole thing happen for a little while. They were great. Yeah. So it, it was just funny. It was just a funny little, little but, nugget. Well, at yeah. least you get that, like, oh, they, the people love me. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. And when you're young, you're doing stand-up, your confidence is all over the place. I mean, when you're old, you're doing stand-up. Oh, yeah. It's all over the place. But it was just nice to have those guys as as my, like, kind of backup, you know, my my hype men or whatever. Yeah, Uh, for sure. But, yeah, but Letterman was great. I saw a lot of really cool things. Um, I saw Conan when he first got back on the air. And uh, I think he had asked to not talk about Leno and sits down and Dave immediately was like, 
let's talk about let's talk about Jay Leno. Oh my god! And like you know, because that that's what I loved about Dave was like at the end of the day, whatever you asked him to do, he was like, "It's my show. <laughs> this is the this is you know, I'm David Letterman." Yeah. And uh, that was also towards when he was starting to transition from just interviewing celebrities to interviewing politicians um, and like scientists and that kind of thing. And like you know, whatever whatever your opinion is on Colbert, I think that's why he chose him because I think Colbert could also do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, towards the end, I got to see some really cool guests, like you know, saw Obama uh, and Trump, but all in the same year. Um, there was like a dude; uh, he brought on like some f- after the Sandy Hook shooting. He brought in um, like a farmer from Wyoming to explain why he has to own a gun that big, and he's like, "Because I'm shooting wolves and bears," and he's like, "Exactly." <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was it was really cool. It was a lot of, especially as a young comic, Robin Williams. Before he passed away. Oh wow! Yeah, so yeah, it was a great experience. But we were just, and a lot of those guys are still some of my best friends. I'm going to one of the one of my former pages. Uh, I taught him how to speech. Is what that's what we called it when we had to yell at the audience, or whatever. Uh, and he's getting married like in a month or two, so I'm going to be at his wedding in Detroit. You going to give him a speech? <laughs> he he would not let me do that. <laughs> no, <he> would, <laughs> I have last in line to ever give a speech at anybody's so, wedding. Somebody gets drunk, you're like, hey, you're out of here. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't tell the stories that you want to tell. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But I want to tell those stories because your wife doesn't know them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa. That was before you guys met and you calmed down. <laughs> and it was the last time I ever spoke at a wedding. <laughs> yeah, 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 really. All right, so you did New York. Uh, what prompted you to move on, man? Uh, a couple of things. Um, went through a went through a pretty big breakup, but that pushed me to get even deeper into stand up, especially on the road. Good. Um, but then it also led to me pretty much being homeless for most of 2019, which uh, was kind of wild. I had a lot of friends, so I was living with my ex. Uh, basically, we went on a vacation and slash her sister's wedding. And pretty much every penny I had saved up was spent on this vacation and wedding. And then we broke up and I was like, I don't have, I can't even get a new apartment. Like, I don't have any money. Did like, y'all get married? Huh? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no, her, her sister got married. Sister, um, okay. But it was, it was like this really expensive destination wedding or whatever. So I was like hating the restaurant I worked in at the time. And I was like, you know what? Let's just push. And so I quit the restaurant and just went on the road for pretty much all of 2018. And I was going back to New York pretty often, and I had a friend that was putting me up, uh, which was great, and I'm always going to be appreciative of that. But then in 2019, you know, my accommodations started getting a little bit shaky, and I was starting to sleep in my car more often than I wanted to. Because, like, on the road, you do that, it just happens, you know? But, like, when you're in New York sleeping in your car, you're like, this is wild, yeah. you know? And you're not getting paid for shows half the time, so you're just kind of like, what am I doing to myself, you yeah, know? Right. So, uh, yeah, this is being homeless. Yeah, like, like, like how yeah. it starts. So then I started going back to Maryland more and more, and I was finding myself getting trapped in my hometown. And finally, I was like, you know what? We got to shake this up. Like, this is not, you're better than this, you know? You can do better than this. So I planned my first uh, national tour, and I was leaving New York, going all the way to LA. So that was pretty much the whole month of January of 2020. Get to LA, worked in TV for a month, and did a couple of shows. But LA scene's a little tougher to crack because it's not really, it's like everyone's already famous there, you know? So it's hard to get in with a lot of the clubs. But. Mm. Went in, worked in TV production, kind of like reconnected with some people I used to work with, like at uh, at Kimmel and you know commercials, that kind of thing. And then I was supposed to come, <laughs> yeah. and then I was supposed to come all the way back across the country, go to New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
this guy. Oh, like, my bad. I thought somebody was breaking up. I thought it was, was like, let's watch. I was like waiting for it. I was like, I kind of wanted to see a fight happen. Yeah, I thought we were going to see it, too. Instead, it's just me talking about my sad life. Um, <laughs> so then I was supposed to go all the way back to New York, spend a couple days in New York, and then go back on the road. So this thing was supposed to be three months. It expands to five months. It was going to end with my album recording in Portland, Maine, at like one of my favorite clubs. And then I got as far as Indianapolis in March, and the country shuts down. So a little thing called COVID-19. There it is. So I ended up back in Hagerstown anyway. Uh, and through that, um, I started doing Zoom shows, and I meet a producer here in Nashville, Kaylee Harmon, with Dewey Comedy Productions. She reaches out, and she's like, uh, you know, I like your Zoom shows. Let's work together. We end up producing my album anyway on Zoom, and then she like spent the rest of the year just basically badgering me to come to Nashville, <laughs> and that's how I ended up here. Um, it's been great. I mean, I'm able to do the road uh, more uh, consistently, and I can like actually afford my rent. Also, I have rent to pay again, which is great. Hey, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's a fun part about the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so that's how I ended up here. And uh, I don't know if there's a you know a next step. Um, been enjoying Atlanta, but I don't know if I'm going to move there because I can do it pretty easily from here. You can do it here. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the cool thing about Nashville is like yeah. we're essentially located to, yeah. for the road, you could do a lot of out-of-town stuff and then make this your base. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm seeing so many headliners move to the south. And yep. Nashville specifically because they're kind of thinking the same thing where it's like I can have like a a, a better life <laughs> and still continue to do stand-up comedy yeah and that's the thing we were talking about it earlier uh, with Seth Palmer remember he said that uh, at this point it doesn't really matter where you're based you yeah because like, you can hit anywhere yeah you know what I mean so yeah and, and, with, and I do feel like stand-up's kind of starting to get like a, a weird divide and when there's like the purist yeah, in that like people that actually just want to do stand up comedy, mm-hmm. and then there's like the well, I want to be a comedian, which is more so like the acting or getting into commercials or just being famous on TikTok. Ah, uh, yeah, that's you a know, big thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's I, wild seeing like some of those people that are uh, starting to do stand up and they got famous off TikTok. Right. It's like that's a weird yeah transition to stand up. And YouTube was the first version of that, right? Yeah, I think so. And there's still there's still YouTube guys that. You know, they sell out zanies yeah. and then bomb for 40 minutes. And yeah. you're like, does anyone care that they're wasting their money on this? You know? Well, I, I think they're just happy to be like, yeah, I'm there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and now, I'm not knocking this, I'm sure they're fun, but like podcast shows are a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, where like people will pay to go see, see a live podcast. Yeah. That's actually something I'm going to surprise my brother with for his birthday. He's turning 30 see? next week. But like I said, I'm not knocking this. Oh, yeah, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go see a live podcast. But then kind of like, what? Why? <laughs> like I'm just gonna listen to him anyway. Well, my, my girl, yeah. she's living in Boston, and and she mentioned that uh, she went to a one of her favorite podcasts live, and I asked her how it was, and she said people were talking the whole time. I was like, why do you even show up? Yeah, that's that. This is the whole point of a podcast. Yeah, is to listen. <laughs> I, I listen to the dollop a lot, and it's when they have live shows, I always laugh because both of them are stand-up comedians. So when people talk during their show, they lose their minds and they just start, they just drop whatever they're talking about and just start screaming at audience members. <laughs> You're like, oh, is this your podcast? It's not? Then shut up. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, that's such a stand-up brain of yeah. just like, no, no, I'm up here. It's time to quiet down. See, I mean, like we're doing a live podcast here. Yeah. For these people, they just don't know we're doing it for them. Yeah, right, right. Maybe we should yell at them. Shut up and listen to us. Hey, you're not going to fight anybody. I can yeah. tell by the flow in your haircut. Right? <laughs> Chill out, yeah. Brett. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Brett, who's back in Arkansas listening. He's like, hey, man. Oh, come on, man. Not all Brett's, man. <laughs> he doesn't have much hair left. It's okay. Oh, I got him. Yeah. Roasted him. Roasted. <laughs>
Well, I mean, like, how? Yeah, you enjoyed the Nashville experience so far. So far, yeah, yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been a pretty good experience. Um, I was sort of. I know that's the jaded New Yorker talking, but I was pretty overwhelmed with how friendly everybody was. Oh. And uh, you're like, what's your angle here? Yeah, right. And uh, I couldn't quite figure everyone out at first. You know, like when I saw Jane and Sean just messing with Kanan all the time, I was like, do they actually hate this guy? <laughs> and now they do it to me, and I'm like, oh no, this is their way of showing love. You know, that yeah. kind of, that kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, just ribbon. Yeah, yeah. like there's like older brothers or younger brothers, whatever you want to call them. But um, yeah, once I got to like meet everyone and know everyone, I was like, oh, this is a great group of comics. And kind of getting back to my point is like, everyone here seems to really love stand-up and they sure. care about writing jokes and they care about performing and they care about getting their reps in and, you know, being the best comic they can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I'm, you know, I've always valued in comedy and I think New York, not everyone, because there's still some fantastic comics there, obviously, but I thought one of the reasons I kind of wanted to move is I was sort of seeing, I was like, I don't know how much, you know, people care about just doing stand-up anymore. Yeah, because so, they're trying to do other yeah and I get it we have to like do so much now as just a comedian but I don't know that's why I really like about Nationals everyone just seems to care about it and yeah, I uh, think so at and, least at least yeah and some of them do yeah 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 <laughs> I mean yeah, of course there's some that you're just like what are you doing but that's any scene anywhere uh, and I feel like the comedy drama is fairly minimal fairly minimal um, you know it's comparatively to great for, it's a, it's some so, of the scenes I've, I've been around and heard it's yeah. minimal enough that like I can Ignore all of it. It's you just fine. Stay out of it completely, yeah. and it won't it won't affect you. And no one's going to be like, "Why don't you pick a side?" You're like, "It's not really because I, I, I started all these rumors myself." That's how. <laughs> oh, oh, so the, I'm talking <laughs> to the mastermind. Yeah, I'm, I'm stirring the pot, though. You know, uh, good. While they're all bickering, I'm up on stage, <laughs> uh, shaking the hands, shaking the babies, you know, k- kissing the babies. Oh, whatever. <laughs> k- kissing then. Oh, that's why I'm not getting kissing them again. That's why I didn't get asked to be on the show. Shaking the babies. <laughs> I was doing it wrong the whole time. You know, they got that tomato throw show at Comedy Bar, which mm-hmm. have a baby shaking show. <laughs> oh my God, that's going to be the rival show on Tuesday nights? <laughs> yeah, dude. The rival show? It's like, you think that's cool? Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that would, that's just the most violent show. <laughs> I love it. Like, I don't even feel good talking about it. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, there's. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of the idea of, like, Throwing tomatoes at people, but apparently the show's very fun. I haven't, I haven't been on it yet, but well, it's foam. Yeah, it's foam tomatoes. It's not real. It's just tomatoes. the whole idea. Of, like, it is the it is the, the grading, the, right? Being a clown. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like don't we jump through enough hoops being yeah. a comic anyway? But you know, I, from what I've heard, everyone's having a good time with it. You can make some money off of it. So I, we said that, and you know, I'm sitting here griping about it, and then again, Seth Pomeroy earlier was like, "Hey, buddy, you'll be on this." Dunk tank. Oh show. yeah, I know, I know. And I, I was know. happy to do it. I was like, yeah. You're like, absolutely. But yeah. I will not have tomatoes thrown at me. <laughs> it's oh, actually baseball thrown at me. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but not and, tomatoes. But you're actually being dunked in tomato sauce. So that's <laughs> well, what it is. Is it really tomato sauce? Oh god, I hope not. Because it is the tomato fist. It might be tomato sauce. No, I mean, this is so unsanitary. Oh god. Could you imagine right now we're having this resurgence? Sponsored by Chef Boy RD. Yeah. yeah. Like we have this like resurgence of like COVID <laughs> yeah. cases and everything, yeah. but then like Tomato Fest is like, but we're still using actual tomato sauce. To yeah, dunk yeah, it. Like we're not going to use chlorine water. It's chlorine, okay. They're dirty water. comics. They don't care. Yeah, that's good enough. For yeah, them. they're like, <laughs> yeah, they're all immune to it somehow. Yeah, and you see me like the whole week. I didn't shower. I'm just having old crusty tomato <laughs> sauce. I'm like, How y'all doing? That's not Carl. Welcome to the comedy bar. <laughs> How's your pizza? <laughs> I you made it your tomatoes. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a good scene, and it's uh, it's it's cool to see. You know, that's why it's so frustrating about like 
you know, we're having this. I, luckily, we haven't had to shut any shows down yet or anything. Yeah. But I feel like the last month, I'm finally getting to see everybody. Yeah, you know, for uh, sure. like Taylor Williams, like I haven't seen her, and she's finally out there. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's so funny. And now I'm like, okay, well, like, let's. I want these people to keep being at the shows, you know, like because they're going to make the open mic comics better because they have someone to look up to, you know. Um, so I'm hoping we can kind of keep doing this and keep going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'd heard that when when we first started getting to do it a few months ago, and when, when everybody started coming back, I heard that uh, uh, one of the guys said some of the new guys leaned over to them and it was like, "Oh my God, who are these guys?" Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's just like, yeah, because. And I, I had the same experience because I kept leaving to do the road and I'd come back and there'd be five more comics yeah. and five more comics. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, cause at, you know, as of April, I thought the entire scene was the two Corys, Mike Pablo, oh, yeah. John, Shane, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're great, but like, yeah, it's like, but you just need, yeah, the whole, the full meal deal experience. Yeah, yeah. And there's know? obviously, I'm dropping people's names, but like, there's, plenty but still just like it was like maybe 20 25 comics now yeah out at that time and now it's probably up to like 50 60 you know and that's great yeah you know you need that it makes it competitive uh people start collaborating more and like you said you need those newer comics especially need yeah need those old heads to show them how to do it yeah exactly yeah like uh yeah that's everything yeah i mean it's like steal from these people not their jokes but like like just idea not well just like the the persona or whatever it is well, that's, Gravitas. That's what I when I first got here. They show you how to do it. Look at their rhythms. Look, look at their tone. Right, right. the mannerisms. Mannerisms. Yeah, not, being comfortable in your own voice. Yeah, that's. I forget who I was talking to about this. Is you know, I've been doing this long enough now that I know my voice. So the second I do a, a new joke, I can tell if this is a Willie Abel's joke or not. Yeah, you know, for uh, sure. does this fit into the you know, the overall personality, the way I tell jokes, whatever. And you know, it's fun watching open mic comics because at that level, they're trying to just be a stand-up comedian. And not, figuring out what that means for them. Right. So it's like, you see them kind of impersonate Nate Bargatze, because like, Nate's so big here. So like, you see a lot of the, I want to be Dusty Slay, I want to be Nate Bargatze, I want to be Josh Wolf, I want to be Theo Vaughn, you know? Yeah. And they just, they mimic them. So they're writing their own jokes, but they're mimicking right. them. Right. And then you get three to four try to five figure years in. Yeah. And that's when you finally start figuring out your own voice and you start sounding like your own comedian. Yeah. You know? Well, that's true. And especially in music, you know, like yeah. when I say steal, that's what they always encourage. Uh, in drumming it's like steal these ideas you yeah know? it's yeah. like steal like from these great players because like that's how you learn yeah you know and build a vocabulary so but, i don't mean steal the jokes yeah in yeah, comedy. yeah don't steal the words but like take a you know take yeah. a lesson from them right you know what i mean like sit like sinbad and, and jerry seinfeld <laughs> exactly <laughs> and they, like if you if you put those two together it makes will Abel's. <laughs> like, like, I, hope, I hope no one has said that since gonna, I'm going to say it on the intro dude I'm like uh, this well, guy has been compared yeah, he's been compared <laughs> to Jerry Seinfeld and Sinbad if you put him in a blender yeah becomes a, a McLovin looking guy with a mustache <laughs> <laughs> just sound like McLovin I don't look like McLovin oh, okay. <laughs> you can see how quickly I got offended <laughs> like, listen I got a line you look uh, like a truck driver that gave up and now he's working for uh, DoorDash that's pretty much, I mean, that's not too far off. It's not too far off. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, uh, I don't want to keep it too late because uh, we got business to take Yeah, we take got care we're of. Done. We're out there slinging, dude. See yeah. what's going on with it. But before we get off, uh, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, if you had a Mount Rushmore comics, give me your four, your top Ooh, four. Well, I was actually going to ask you, who, 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 who are yours? Okay. Top four. 
right, I'm going to say Steve Martin. Nice. Um, because the first time I read his book, that was like my Bible for a long time. It, it, it has to be everybody's man. Yeah. Like Born Standing Up is yeah, it's classic. Exactly. And it's just one of those. If, if ladies and gentlemen, if y'all don't have it, hit me up. I'll give it to you. Lend it I will to you. give yeah. it to you. You yeah. can have it. I'll it's, buy another one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it is the comedy bible for sure. Um, so Steve Martin, I've also seen him live, and he wasn't doing stand up. He was doing um, he was playing banjo, but he was doing like five minutes of jokes in between. Oh, was he really? Oh, it was amazing. He was so good. <laughs> uh, he was riffing. He was doing the whole thing. That's probably as close to seeing him do what he used to do. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Get. You know, I know he had that one show with uh, Martin Short that they were doing, but that was very scripted. Yeah, I haven't watched show. it yet. I should because I love both of them. Yeah, but it was just there's such great improvers. You don't need to script it, do you? I don't know. Oh, I know, I know. Well, they're old. They're also old. Yeah, and they're very old now. Yeah, and they want to make it good. Yeah, like they it's don't not like they're just... out there on stage every night anymore. Right, so I right. get it. I get it, man. Um, Steve Martin's up there. Gary Goldman, who I've mentioned a couple times. He was when I was first starting in comedy in Boston. Uh, so this place called the Comedy Studio, you have to hang out at the show three times. If you still think stand-up's for you, then they give you an audition. And my third night there, Gary Goldman was in town, and he had to deal with this heckler. Um, but just the way he told jokes, I was like, oh, that's how I want to write. That's how I want... Like, So he was my first person that I saw that I was Good. like, oh, that's how you tell a story. And that's... like, I mean, and he just cares about words in, in a very deep way. So I just... Gary Goldman's up there for sure. And he's been like uh, a distant mentor for me, you know. He's very open about his mental health and um, very positive dude for the most part. So Gary's up there. Uh, I'd say Rory Scovel, mm-hmm. um, just because no one can do what Rory Scovel does, and it's amazing. I've seen people try and do it, but whatever it is, Rory's just got it, and it's just his thing, and he's the only one that can do it. Yeah, you, know, uh, you mentioned Taylor Williams. Uh, she got to do Ross, Rory Scovel's show. Back in like 2019, jealous. Yeah, yeah. I can see that though. No, actually, 2020 uh, uh, in February, right before the oh, show. Right before, yeah. right before. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can. I can see that. Sure. Number four. Who would be number four? It's always hard to find that last. Yeah. You know, so final. It was a couple. Honestly, nah, nah it's, I, I can't say that quite yet. Well, maybe I'll say it. Uh, Caitlin Palufo, who's a friend of mine. Um, and still kind of, you know, she's up and coming. She's on her Colbert spot. She's getting there. But I think Caitlin's got the goods. I think she's going to be someone whose name everyone's going to know. Where's she out of? At some point. She's out of New York. Okay. Um, she was in town a couple weeks ago. And she's just one of those people that has a an energy that you cannot match. And she works hard. She writes all the time. She's doing the road. And I, I'm going to put Caitlin up there on my on my oh. Mount Rushmore. Boom! Yeah, yeah. Hope with hopes that she does become part of the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, because she's she's talented. She's great, and she's just. Uh, I've never had a bad time watching her. You know, sometimes you watch like your friends, and you're just like, that was rough. Yeah, yeah. Like her, it's always just like I'm excited to see her. Yeah, yeah. So I'll put her up there. It was between her and Nate Bergazzi, so that's... <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, so, there you go. No, I was like, ah, I can't do the Nate thing. I'm in Nashville. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to suck up to <laughs> nah, that. He's already on the wall over at Sandy's. <laughs> yeah, he's got his own podcast. He don't need to be on this podcast. He's got his own podcast. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, hey, I tell you what, man. Where can people find you online, dude? Uh, so if you want to see a show, um, go to willablescomedy.com, and all my tickets and dates are on there. Uh, Instagram is probably my biggest uh, social media account. Um, that's also willablescomedy. And uh, yeah, you can check out. I got a Zoom album, um, which I, you know, I think it's not quite set in stone yet. But I'm pretty sure this fall, maybe winter, we're going to re-record uh, live um, because last year Kaylee and I sort of did the album just to be like, hey, 
we're going to get through this, you know. And now looking back on it, I'm like, you know, that was a lot of important material to me. Um, so I want to kind of do it again live and do it do it right. Sure. Um, but if you want to check that out, it's called The Pride of Hagerstown. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Listen on... Um, Listen on SoundCloud or buy it on Bandcamp instead of listening on Spotify so I can make more than point zero 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 cents. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I just got my residuals from May and I made six dollars and it had like two thousand streams and I was just like, why is this? Yeah, man. yeah, I know, but it's still just like God, you know, it'd be so nice if that was six hundred dollars, you know? Yeah. But, well you can forge it. That's the business. That's the business. Until Taylor Swift shakes up Spotify. We're going to be making a third of a penny for, you know, however long. Hey. Yeah. There it is. Nice positive note to end on. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let's go over here. Let's go over that table and uh, provoke that fight. Yeah, let's see if they can actually start swinging. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, buddy. We'll see you then. Thank you. guys another episode in the bag man appreciate will for hanging out with us and appreciate you for hanging out with the badumching with carl now on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify all that jazz do a light google search you can find us man <laughs> as always click that like click that subscribe uh give us a review uh let you know merch is out there i have podcast merch for y'all man Shoot me an email, uh, cr3comedy at gmail.com, and I'll hook you up, man. We'll get it going for you. Uh, look, nothing but up and up in the future, guys. Nothing but bangers. And until next week, see you later. <laughs>